People always ask how I balance my family life with 400 shows a year. I'm just doing what I love with the people I love. It's my magic life. All right, guys, we're back. It's, uh, it's Wednesday. We have awesome news tonight at 7 p.m. Eastern on Jewel TV, Apple TV, Amazon Fire. What else? Roku. Roku, all these other millions of places, over 100 million households. Wes Isley's Magic Life goes live tonight. So this is awesome. Uh, check it out, and um, we'll tell you more about it at the end of the podcast. But... Today, we got our buddy, Benny Pitts, funny dude, um, comedian, host, funny dude uh, from Vegas, and um, Natalie and I just, welcome, Benny. Thanks for coming on here, man. Man, thank you. Thank you so much. Don't forget uh, that I'm a, uh, I'm a, a philanthropist. I'm also a minister. Wow. I'm also a teacher. No, I'm just joking. Oh, <laughs> oh man. I was, like, I was impressed. I was like, wow, that's awesome. <laughs> I'm also a gymnast. <laughs> well, before the podcast, I told Benny, I said, all right, dude, family friendly, no cursing. Then he's like, he's a minister. I'm like, oh, daggone, I messed up. <laughs> I, am not, I haven't read the Bible in 10 years. <laughs> we'll help you out. Natalie will read it to you. She reads it to me. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. If, hey, Natalie, I have trouble falling asleep so you can read the bible to me anytime oh <laughs> <laughs> all right so uh to let the audience know um i'm out in vegas doing penn and teller and uh the day after i won i had to hide the trophy and go to my hotel room and i'm, I'm jumping up and down screaming on the inside but i couldn't let anybody know that i'd won this trophy and the next day, we had a family day, and we were going around Vegas, and we were at, was it Mandalay Bay? I think so. And this guy comes up to us and says, Wes, is that you? Dude, you were awesome last night. Congratulations. So that was my first celebrity encounter after, uh, after winning. Yep. So. And that was Benny. And that was you, man. Yeah, you were the first one to come up to us congratulating us, and I'm looking around. Dude, the contracts we had to sign, if we told anybody we won, it's $250,000 per occurrence. And um, they could take our trophy from us. So, uh, we, no, we didn't tell anybody anything. But uh, no, when you congratulated me, I was just happy just to be able to talk to somebody about it. <laughs> Are you serious? Yeah. Oh, yeah, man. Yeah, you had to sign contracts to even be there watching that show that night. Yeah, we did. It was. We couldn't. Uh, we couldn't have our phones. It was. It was crazy. It was. It was definitely crazy. It was an amazing show. But can I say this way? Go ahead. Can I say this? From the, from the bottom, I knew you was going to win. Oh, thanks, I dude. I knew. I, I, no, you know what's crazy? I think uh, laws of attraction and everything happens for a reason. I never in a million years thought I was going to bump into you at the Mandalay Bay. Think about it. <clears throat> they shot that at the real. Right. So nine out of ten times, you know, I live in Vegas. When You know, when we do shows or we book people, people usually stay at the hotel that they're shooting at. You know what I mean? Right, right. And oh. I was just walking around Mandalay Bay, and I see you, see you, and I notice you because we're eye level, because we're both 4'11". Ah, oh, come on now. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> the first thing that came to my mind, oh, snap, somebody mine. <laughs> Let me go say hi. And then I was like, oh, snap, that's the dude that won yesterday. And it was just, it all came together. It was a beautiful moment. 
Dude, it was awesome. I felt so good. It it made me feel good, man, because uh, I was like, wow, this is this is what it's like to be a celebrity. People are just coming up to me. We took pictures together. It felt great, dude. I appreciate it. Thank you, man. Thank you. And you invited oh, me. You. And you Thank invited you me. On the show. And you invited me to perform at your nightclub. I'm like Natalie. This is coming together. We're getting bookings now. This is great. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get it. We'll get out there. Yeah, most definitely. I want to. I want to set it up. We just opened up. Uh, me and my business partner Billy Bob. We just uh, opened up a uh, uh, a comedy club slash filming studio called uh, Extreme Comedy Club. It's already people booking it right now. COVID is going on right now, so we can't really get it in a high capacity. But we're having a couple of shows, and uh, I mean, we're trying to just make it do what it do, man. Yeah. So, how many pre-COVID? How many nights a week are you guys open? Uh, pre-COVID. We was supposed to open. Oh, you uh, hadn't even opened yet. We haven't even opened now. We're just doing private shows, soft openings. This, that. We haven't even had our grand open. I'm thinking our grand opening will be sometime March 2021 if if everything goes to plan. Wow. No, because I see uh, bits and clips on your Instagram page, and I thought you guys were rocking and rolling. I thought stand-up comedy was going out there. Well, it's just... It's, um, it's not going yet, but we, we've been blessed to book, uh, like, private shows. People are doing, like, baby showers. People are doing booking for comedy shows because people are still coming out here to Vegas and they need something to do. So they, they would hit me like, hey, I need something to do. Um, is there any shows going on? And I'm just like, hey, I have a venue. You can book it out. I'll MC for you, and I'll put the show. And so they're, like, booking private shows, and it's just kind of coming together a little bit. Good. That's good. So it's Extreme Comedy Club. For all the listeners, where is it located at? Uh, 3100 Sunset Boulevard, about eight minutes, I want to say seven minutes away from the airport. So you can jump right off Las Vegas airport, right? When you get off, you know, jump on the shuttle, you can come straight to the comedy club, get a quick lab. And, um, man, we, we, we just, we just having a good time. We have some big things in store. We got a green, uh, green screen in the back. So we're going to do some filming, studio, podcast, all types of things. So if you want to. If you're ever in Vegas and you want to do your podcast, like as far as like, you know, couch setting and you want your guests to come in, man, I got you. I promise you. Dude, that's awesome. Wow. That sounds great. Um, yeah. I, well, you had a video on Instagram, but I guess you took it down because I was going to show my wife. You had a, a, a studio tour. Did you take it off of your Instagram? No, no, no. I, I got it in my, um, I got it on my other page. Uh, so I do my, I got two pages, Benny Pitts promo. Okay. And then I got my personal page, Benny Pitts. You know, that's where I kind of show my own. You know my life and this, so I actually send it to you so you have it. Yeah. Okay. So for the listeners to to see the to see the tour page, what page do they go to to see the tour of the nightclub? It is Benny B E N N Y promo P R O M O. No, no, I'm I'm sorry. It is Benny Pitts promo. Okay. B E N N Y P I T T S promo, and um, I also do. Um, the nightclubs, the comedy clubs. I, I'm, a, I'm a one-stop shop, man. You come to Vegas, I'm the guy. I, we do a full tour for you. Oh, wow. Cool, man. Yeah. Yeah, because Natalie and I, I mean, we're not into all the gambling and everything. We could throw money in there, but we like to, that's why we were at Mandalay Bay. We were trying to do, we were trying to do the family tour. I mean, I had my little girl, oh, so we took her to the Shark Reef. We took her to the Bellagio. We took her to Paris and went up the Eiffel Tower. And we just did shopping and hanging out and looking at hotels, so. Man. Mandalay Bay is the best family hotel in Las Vegas. The, the best family hotel. The Shark Reef is awesome. It, well, it was. It was amazing. 
Well, our um, our driver that picked us up from the airport and took us to the Rio uh, part of the production company for Fool Us, she was like, well, you're out here. You got to come see Mandalay Bay. And she was recommending things for us. And back then, the Bellagio had the Chinese uh, flowers, the Chinese New Year thing going on. She said, that's free. Check that out. And we thought the Mandalay Bay was just going to be a little pond with a couple small sharks floating in it. Yeah. And then it was like it was like $35 a person and... We did our reality show and we were filming in there and I was like, dude, if this was a putt-putt golf course with no animals, just the ambiance of this place is freaking awesome. It's oh it's my God. it's amazingly beautiful. It's beautiful. Yeah. yeah. Man, Vegas is no place like Vegas, man. Um, I know Vegas is looked at the place of like Sin City and a lot of gambling. It's, it's becoming very more family-friendly. Um, it's becoming more um, for everybody. Like you said, it's, 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 you can bring your kids. You can take them to the Shark Reef. And it's just becoming one of them towns. It's just now a vacation spot for everybody. Well, I know it's going to be harder with two infants next time I come. But um, we're supposed to come back. <laughs> we're supposed to come back with uh, with Penn and Teller. And I'm supposed to perform with them one night when Vegas opens back up as part of my winning. And um, Oh, wow. You know, Natalie's about to pop at any second. So I asked the production company, you know, hey, do you guys have dates or... They were like, no, man, we loved you, and uh, you can come back whenever you want. You just let us know when you're ready to come back. So, yeah. once, once they're reopened. Right now, they're not even open yet to do shows, so I don't know when they're going to. Yeah, yeah, production is okay. down right now. Yeah. I will tell you this. Uh, when you do have your uh, congratulations on the babies, on the, the new two ones. Thanks. But it will be still be $35 a ticket, so. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> So you might want to put that extra 70 to the side right now. <laughs> what we'll do, we'll just uh, get a bigger purse for Natalie. They're little. <laughs> just stuff them in the purse. <laughs> <laughs> they got to learn to fit in boxes. Yeah, it's a magic show. They got to learn to fit in boxes. We'll, we'll work with luggage when they're infants. Oh, goodness. But, but Natalie, check this. this. This is how good God is. Um, you, um, West is so small, you'll be able to fit all three of them in your bag. You only have to pay $35 for yourself. <laughs> on. This is what I get for getting a comedian on my podcast, everybody. I, I get a, a suitcase with um, with the rolly wheels, so I don't have to carry it, yep. right? There you go. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> it's just that, hey, I'm a musician. I'm a uh, magician, and they'll let right. you right here. Take bets on who's going to start crying first, Wes or the babies? <laughs> Probably Wes. <laughs> Daggone. Daggone. This isn't going how I thought it was going to go at all. You're getting shrapnel, honey. <laughs> it's like a big old Wes. <laughs> so let's go back to Fool Us real quick. Let's go back to me winning that night. Is that the first taping you've let's been to? No, I actually no, I actually do some work with uh, Caesar Entertainment. I can't even say, but I do some work with Caesar Entertainment. So I go to all the tapings. And, um, oh, wow. So Fool Us. When they shoot the new um, Fonzo Rivera, when he shot that uh, Catch Twenty One, Who Wants to Be a Millionaire? I go to all the tapings and uh, for Caesar's Entertainment. So, wow, um, that's Dennis cool. Teller, by far, as a comedian, they say one of the uh, they say comedy is one of the hardest things to do. I scratch that. Being a magician is definitely the hardest thing I've ever seen. It's uh. Yeah, you've probably seen some things that's you, definitely been edited out for television out there. There's some crazy Ooh. stuff that happens. <laughs> yeah, you can't. I know you can't. Um, yeah, Natalie was in the audience. Say it again. I said some stuff I have to go to court on Thursday about. 
Oh, no. Wow. No, no, I'm just joking. I'm just joking. Oh. Please don't take me. <laughs> Golly, you get me every time. I'm too gullible. Hey, dude, they scared us so bad. I mean, I was I was afraid to even celebrate when my wife got up in the hotel room. I was I was afraid that the, that the phones were bugged and, and there was cameras in our room or yeah. something. I was scared, dude. $250,000 per occurrence. We talk about it. Plus, they could take away the award. I mean, it felt like I'd won the lottery, but I couldn't tell anybody, you know? You couldn't tell nobody. <laughs> and and then pandemic happened. Then COVID happened. And it was like, well, it may have happened because of me. It kept my mouth shut. Dude, I had 183 shows. <laughs> I had 183 shows June through August on the books. You know how hard it would have oh, been to go to these magic my. shows? And people saying, hey, guess what? Um, that television show fooled us. Man, you should be on that show. That's really hard to keep your mouth shut after the show. People shaking your hands and taking, you know, picking pictures and signing autographs and then telling you you should be on that show. And then you're like, dude, the trophy's in my bedroom. The trophy's in my magic room. <laughs> Little do you know. I know. <laughs> oh, cool, dude. Well, uh, can I ask you this, Wes, right quick? I'm What's up? How? Like, okay, I know what it's like um, being a comedian or artist or a singer. You know, you go to these open mics and you start off. Like, what is it? How do you build up your act to be a musician? Well, for me, so my journey is a little different than other people. I started in restaurants because I'm in I'm in the middle of nowhere, Virginia. Um, the nearest big cities for me is Richmond, which was two hours away, or D.C., which was two hours away. So if I was going to have any kind of bookings at all, I was going to restaurants and doing close-up magic table to table. And um, wow. and I have a degree in marketing, so for me, I was getting paid to advertise. So think about it, man. I was doing I was doing nine restaurants six days a week, and every table, the first thing I did was open my wallet. It caught on fire, which is not a blow them away type trick, but it gets their attention. Yeah. It gets their attention when there's fire in your face. It gets their attention. Some people it fools. Some people know it's just a store bought prop. It doesn't matter. But I'd say, hey, you guys came on family night. They have a magician going around, and when I say magician. I, the wallet catches on fire, big flames come out of it. I close the wallet and I hand them my card. So after the shock wears off, they realize, hey, well, that's the guy right here. He's the magician. I put the wallet away and start doing magic. So every table got business cards. So I got birthday parties. I got weddings. I, you, you met CEO of corporations. I worked at an IHOP, dude, and I met the CEO of corporations, pastors at churches booking me for things, people getting married everything and all i did was you know a couple card tricks it, people just know you're professional and they okay they they trust you let's let's do something now so that's how that's how i, I got started too, yeah that yeah well i mean i can talk to anybody my dad had a video store growing up so um mm -hmm. it was a family business man so you you got to know the customers you talked to the customers i wasn't scared to natalie says i'm not shy at all so yeah, I'll, no. I'll talk to any i'll talk to anybody and if it's especially about me or about magic, I can, I can talk to you all day long. So, yeah. Oh, wow. So, and I made these friendships. So I made dope. these connections. And, um, yeah, I was getting paid to advertise. And, I mean, I was making, uh, within the first five years, I was making $1,500 a week just doing restaurants. Um, that is ridiculous. Yeah, but, I mean, I was, I was 22 years old. But the problem is it, it became like a real job to me. Uh, at 5 o'clock to 8 o'clock on a Wednesday night, I had to be at this restaurant. At 5 to 8 on a Thursday night, I had to be at this restaurant. And in you my mind, 
Yeah, I always wanted to do big illusion shows. I wanted to do big magic shows. I wanted to be on the road performing. I didn't want to be at IHOP on a Sunday morning for the rest of my life. Because <laughs> I was. Hey, hey guys, I could, I could turn my wallet into... <laughs> my wallet could turn into fire. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, it's just... It, it paid okay, but it, the problem was I, I knew I could do more. You know, so... When I met Natalie, Natalie was a waitress at IHOP. That's where yeah. I met her. She was going wow. to college. She was going to college at, at that IHOP I was telling you about. And that was just one of the nine restaurants I was doing. And they, they eventually wow. fell, fell by the wayside. And I just told Natalie, I said, I'm not looking for other restaurants. If they call and ask me and they can do my price, I guess I'll take them. But I'm ready for bigger, better things. So we started putting together an illusion show and... We do theaters, we do resorts, we do county oh fairs. We, we do anything you can imagine, dude. So when, when the producers at Fool Us told me, they, they gave me the line, we're going to do the world's largest game of heads and tails. That wasn't my line. That was their line, and I didn't like it. Because in my head, all right, they're thinking the television viewing audience is the world's largest game. But in my mind, there's only 500 people in that room. This is not the largest game of heads and tails I've done. I've done that trick since 2013. So I felt like wow. I was, you know, I felt like I was just lying. <laughs> this isn't, no. So, yeah. It's a, it's a lot of, uh, it takes, what they say, 10,000 hours to be, become successful. Exactly. So uh, I never even, like I never even wanted to be on the Penn and Teller show. I love Penn and Teller. I respect them. But I told a doctor friend of mine, you're a doctor. Why don't you, so, why don't you cure cancer? That's what it's like to try to uh, fool Penn and Teller. You're a magician. Go fool him. <laughs> Well, you're a doctor. Go cure cancer. I mean, you know what I mean? How the hell? How can I? How can you expect me to do that? You know? And um, uh, but uh, I, I actually, this. How did it feel to fool Ken and Teller? Dude, it felt it felt amazing. They they rush backstage. I don't know if they do that for every act. You you could probably tell us that if they do or not. But um, no. <laughs> as I was as I was walking off stage, as I was walking off stage, they came back there and congratulated me and tell me how awesome they loved it. And, um, you know, I had a 15 second interaction with them and I told them, you know, Hey, if you like the trick, I'd be honored if you did it. And, um, and that was it. And then Teller said, uh, no, I love the trick too, man. And Penn said, I've been working on something like that seriously for 10 years. And Teller said, I love the trick too. And Penn was like, shut up, Teller. Listen, <laughs> da, 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 da. And he would not let Teller talk back there. So that's what I'm looking forward to going back to Vegas because I get to hang out with them in the dressing room and actually talk to them because I've only had a 15-second interaction besides being on television with them. Are you serious? That's it. We didn't see them before the show or after the show or anything. That's no. so amazing. Man. And I don't know. You've been to a lot of tapings, but I don't know if you know this. We're downstairs in a holding area, which is in a warehouse. We're just in a room with an L-shaped couch. And I was down there from 5.30 in the afternoon until 9.30 that night. I go upstairs, they put my mic on, um, I go to hair and makeup for two seconds, I go upstairs, they put the mic pack on me, they shoo me out on the stage, I do my act, and then I'm kicked out of the theater. I couldn't go to back to my wife and daughter, I couldn't hang out backstage, I had to go to my hotel room. What's, what's going through your mind while you're on the L-shaped couch? Uh, for me that night, I was texting back and forth to Natalie, and I, I just wanted to be out there, I was chomping at the bit. Um... Not trying to be cocky, dude, 10,000 hours, all of that. I wasn't worried about the audience. I wasn't worried about the cameras and the lights. I wasn't worried about it because it's not real. A camera on you isn't real unless you really put project into that camera. It doesn't matter. Um, just like the audio tape here, it doesn't matter. You're just talking to a friend and it happens to be recording. What I worried about was looking Penn and Teller in the eyes and trying to fool them. 
But dude, when I walked out there, they gave me a, a thumbs up, a twinkle in their eyes. Somehow they looked at me and just calm, just swept over me, dude. Because I've known them all my life. I don't ever remember not seeing them on television. I've been watching them since I was 12 years old. Um, I've, watched, I've watched their movies. I've watched every magic special they've ever put out. And I've watched them religiously where I can pretty much recite them. Um, it's just magic, dude. When I'm on the treadmill, I'm watching magic videos. I'm watching other things to get ideas to spark imagination, you know, just like you listen to comedy probably or go to comedy clubs and you yeah. pick up ideas and all right, that guy went that way, but I can take my joke this way and I'm not stealing from him. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's the same thing, dude. It's the same thing. Or, you know, no one's ever had a, a card appear in a, in a wine bottle. Let's, let's make a card appear in a wine bottle. You just get inspiration anywhere. So um, wow. I'm always watching, oh, but something that night, just twinkle in their eye or something, dude, I felt like they were on my side and they wanted it to be good. And they did tell you, know you yours? Did... go ahead. Did you know it was yours? Did you know, like before you won, did you like, I, I got this? I did. He didn't. He started, he, he, he got less and less confident the, the, um, the closer he got to the show, not about his ability to do the trick, but about whether or not. He was going to fool Penn and Teller. And I was like, I give you like at least a 90% chance. I, I, I pretty much think you're going to fool him. And then I got real excited because Penn started slapping his notebook against his hand. And we had been watching a lot of the, um, a lot of the Fool Us shows. And when somebody fools him, he seems to slap his notebook against his hand. And I was like, ooh, I knew it. He got him. So... <laughs> I was confident that he was pretty sure he was going to win. This this is a whole book. This is a story, yo. This is amazing. (laughs) Dude, it was fun. And like I I told Natalie, I'll tell tell anybody about it. I love telling the story. But when you're downstairs, they give you a little pep meeting. And they're like, look, among all the magicians in the world, you guys have been vetted to be here. You earned the right to be here. Just being here, you've already won. Uh, it's an eight-camera shoot that's going to be edited perfectly. It's going to be edited great. You're going to have this great video. Um, enjoy yourself. Go out there and enjoy yourself. And, um, you know, if you if you get on that show, you've already won. So don't worry about trying to fool them. So when he went out there and he Can challenged – What's that? Um, me doing uh, – I've been doing comedy now going on seven years. And uh, I've, I've done a, numerous – comedy competition some for big money from some for little money some of, i think you won when you was like i wasn't worried about the cameras i wasn't worried about the people i was worried about pin and teller and showing them whenever i treated a competition like a competition i've lost whenever i just went out there and i just wanted to do my due diligence and have a good set yeah that was amazing i think i think your mentality won before you won like you wasn't worried about the cameras. A lot of people were like, I worried why, I wonder why how, how I'm going to look, or or worried about what the people think. You didn't worry about all that. You're, no, that's a winner's mentality. Yeah, well, I've been I've been in magic competitions as well, and I've never won any of them because I always tried okay. to I always tried to uh, you know like local magic clubs and things like that puts on magic competitions. And um, I, I never won any of them because I was always trying to edit my lines and make myself something different to try to fool them. And then it came across where I was trying too hard, I believe. And, um, you know, you said how we met, you know, everything happens for a reason. I'm a big believer in that, dude, because 
if I would have, if this would have happened five years earlier, it would have been totally different. Whether I'd have won or lost, I, I probably, I, if it fooled Penn and Teller, it probably would have fooled him five years ago because the show's been on for seven years, right? But I wasn't ready for the barrage of emails and Facebook messages and good and negative PR that you get with something like this. Yeah, it's a lot of maturity. I, I actually have one question for your wife right quick. Go ahead. If you don't mind. Um, I ask you this because I'm a comedian. I date a lot of girls. I'm, I'm a shorter. So when I first started, I wasn't making no money uh, doing comedy. And girls used to go back to their parents and be like, hey, um, I'm dating this guy. And he's about 4'11". He's a comedian. They're like, there's no future in that. How was it going back to your family telling them you was dating a short musician? <laughs> <laughs> well, the, sh- the short part was funny because I told my mom that I would never, ever date a guy that was shorter than me. It just wouldn't happen. I'm just not, I'm just not attracted to men that are She made this proclamation me. when she was in high school. Mom, right. I'll never date a guy shorter than me. And my mom was like, be careful. Yeah, be careful what you say. And so when I called her and told her I had a date, and I said, don't laugh. But um, I have a date. He's a really nice guy, and um, he's shorter than me. And my mom just busted out laughing so hard. And so, um, yep, yep. She said, "I told you, I told you." And um, so the short there's a short part. Um, When I met Wes, he was doing pretty good for himself, so I don't think they had concerns in that part. Um, When I graduated college and joined him, though. My mom was not sure about that move. She wasn't sure about being able for both of us to be supported by it, I think. And I think that scared her a little bit. So, um, but she got over that and we've been married for over 12 years now. And I I think she realizes we're doing all right. So, um, but she had, there was a little concern, but you know, she also had my dad um, in her ear and he's going, you know, if she's going to do something like this, now's a good time to do it. And she wants to do some other career later. She she can change her mind and whatever. So, <laughs> see, so, yeah. see, Natalie, Natalie can read the Bible to you because she's got a religion degree. That's what she went to school for. Oh, nice. And okay. she was like, she was like, she was like, what am I going to do with that? I'm not going to work in a church. I'm not going to be a pastor. She just, she, yeah. her parents told her she had to get a degree. She didn't know what to do. So she went for a religion. She thought it was interesting. She learned about all kinds of different religions, right? Right. And then, so dope. and then when I grad, when she graduated, I said, well, come work for me. I put her in the office booking magic shows for me. And, um, you know, it was a strain on me because now I had this other person I had to support, dude. Yeah. But it made me want to work harder. That is so dope. Yeah, and every. And I don't even have to ask you, Wes, how you got her. It was magic. It was magic. It was magic. Well, I, <laughs> I did some. I did some stuff. I would not recommend try to pick up a girl. I tried to use magic to pick up a girl, and I, I didn't need it. I, I didn't need it at all. <laughs> Watch on your 15 year anniversary. You're gonna be like, I'm not really sure. And he's gonna do a trick. And he's gonna be like, four. <laughs> that would be good. Oh my god! Oh, I knew it. Why'd you hide that for so long? <laughs> now, I knew back in the day you said you'll never date a short guy. <laughs> now I need to work on that, Benny. But Thanks, wait. dude. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I'm gonna give you a little something. Yo, Wes, you know what's crazy? Um, so I'm, I, I, I identify as five two, 
<laughs> but um, great man. All my girlfriends has been five seven or taller. Right. Wow. I used to date a girl that used to play for the Atlanta Hawks because I, I started comedy in Atlanta. She was six. She was six feet. She used to put on heels and be six four. We're walking around the club holding hands, and people just didn't understand how do this short guy, all these tall women, like it's. It, I was doing magic. <laughs> there you go. There you go. And you know what? When we first got together, you know, holding hands and going uh, like to a, a theme park or something, we were hearing people whisper. And I, I think it was our insecurity was being seen. Yeah. But if you're, if you're confident and we don't know any different now, I mean, we've been together for so long, we don't hear those whispers anymore. Right. I, I, think, it's, I think it's like you said, how I approached that being on that stage that night and our confidence level. I think it's just our confidence level at this point. Do ladies, do ladies, do y'all look at that? Does confidence really? This, this, this whole, this whole conversation done turned. You see that? <laughs> Dude, we'll go however you want to go. Let's, we'll, we'll learn something. <laughs> no, do y'all I, ladies really look at the confidence? Like, yes, uh, if he hadn't been confident, and you know, it, it, yeah, if he had been a different, acted differently, it, it wouldn't have been. I wouldn't have been attracted to him. He, he exuded confidence, and he had. This awesome outgoing personality. I think we balance each other out some because I am nowhere near as outgoing as he is. But he kind of pulls me in <laughs> with his outgoingness, you know, and I have to get in those situations too. But I mean, dude, she'd never do a podcast on her own and call no. up and call up, you know, Benny Pitts and and just start getting on. Like you know what I mean? She would never do that. No, she would I never wouldn't. do that. No, I wouldn't. So it's up to him to get get the guests and everything. But I, you know, but when we first started dating, it was, I, I wore flats all the time and, um, and I used to wear heels all the time and my mom called me out on it. She was like, just because he's shorter than you doesn't mean you can't wear your heels. Cause I would love to wear heels, but I was, I was insecure in the fact that I was so much taller than him. So I had to get over that myself. Um, but, so, so with yeah. y'all, y'all women being insecure that y'all look, how y'all look being seen with a shorter guy. Well, I mean, it's not it's not the norm, and when you're yeah, in, sure. yeah, and when you're insecure in it, and you're hearing these people going, "Look how tall she is," or some of them saying, "Look how big she is," and you know all this stuff, you 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 feel like, "Geez, <laughs> yeah, it's all on me because I'm taller," and it's just it's and that's not the reason I'm with him is because he's short, and I wouldn't change him for anything because he is who he is because of who he is. I mean, so. There's nothing you can do to change that, but it's just one of those things that I think you have to get used to yourself as well. Um, and I mean, I was still in, I, was, I met him while I was a senior in college, so I was still insecure in life, you know. So, yeah, for sure, to, to be in a relationship that wasn't the norm just because of our height made it, yeah, I'm gonna be insecure because. I'm just, just was at the time. So over time, you get more confident about it. You don't notice it yourself. You know, you're more secure. Other people really don't care, or at least the people that matter don't care. You know, you have to yeah. get to that point too. So I think it's great, man. We see old people at the uh, grocery store, and I offer Natalie to help. That old lady <laughs> needs help with that tall item, Natalie. Can you get it off the top shelf for that old lady? <laughs> Go help her out. I'm always pointing her out and letting people use her. But, yep, he sure does. <laughs> but don't it make it fun? So I'm, I'm a person, I don't live in the norm. You know what I'm saying? I don't live nothing in the norm. Um, 
I, I like going after the tallest woman. I like dressing a certain type of way. I like uh, doing my hair a certain type of way. I don't live in the norm at all. So I, what y'all telling me now is beautiful because I think normal is boring. Right. Normal is A, B, C, D. You know, I like to switch up the letters a little bit because I feel like if you don't punch the norm and try to be different, you never really uh, reach full happiness. You know what I mean? That's just, that's just me. That's how I look at it. So what y'all telling me right now is just, it's like music to my ears. It's like, that is amazing. And one time for the short guys, you know. <laughs> and you're not going to have nearly I'm as much really, fun either. <laughs> yo, I believe in fun. Like, if, you don't, if you're not enjoying your life, why are you living? I have, a, I have a t-shirt line called I'm Fun Size. And the reason I said that because, like you said, I was in college and I was, uh, I was insecure about life. And that's, that's very expected when you're young. So I, I started my t-shirt line, I'm Fun Size, because, you know, I, I got picked on for being short my whole life. And still, and now it's to a point where it's funny. The tall girls, small girls, big girls, whatever you are, whoever you are, you can have fun with being who you are. And that's where my um, my t-shirt line comes from, with just kind of loving yourself. I don't care who you are, what you are, what you do, I'm fun size. You know what I mean? It's just, you, you. So it's somebody that wish they had what you had or wish they had what Wes had. or You know what I mean? Right. No matter what, everybody's looking at, oh, but, but when you look in the mirror and you start loving that person, you can have, the, the sky is the limit. Dude, the way I look at it, I do magic for a living. You know what I mean? Yeah. You said you do comedy for a living, and you could could you make more money doing something else faster and easier? Yeah, but would you be happy? No. No. And I lost my dad when I was 25 years old, and one of the last thing he told me, I said, you got anything to tell me, Dad? And, I, you know, my dad's 25. He's Superman to me, so I, I know he's going to make it through this, but I'm videotaping and I'm asking him stuff. And he just looked at me, and he's 63 years old, and he said, life is short. And dude, from 25 until I'm 42 now, I, just, I think about that all the time. Life is short. Have fun. You know, if you got, if you got something that's going to happen, do it today because there might not be a tomorrow. Um, I did an upside down straitjacket escape. I, 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 you know, put the chains on my ankles, put the straitjacket on me and was hoisted upside down at a county fair, five stories above the ground. I had to sign my life away to the rental company, to the county fair uh, nobody would do the ankle chains in case, you know, I landed on my neck and broke my neck, but I didn't want to put it off till next year. I wanted to get it done and have it locked in. But you know what? The whole experience of that was fun. And it's just, wow. it, if you want to do something like that, man, have fun with it. You know, we went to Vegas to do Penn and Teller. We, we did family time before and after it. We were having fun, man. You know, for for what I'm gonna do, I'm gonna send you. We're gonna I'm gonna get y'all information, and I'm gonna send you, uh, you and your wife. Uh, I'm a, I'm fun size T-shirts, and just give me your size. I know you're a small with, but uh, give me your wife. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just joking. But give me your wife's side, and I would love to send to y'all both. Uh, I'm fun size T-shirts, man, and uh, just I listen to you guys. Your, your your guys' story is just dope energy, dope. It, it just it makes me feel like I'm on the right path because I feel like you like, yo, I took the risk. I did the things and it just shows me that my decisions, I feel like I made the right decisions listening to somebody that, you know what I mean? Kind of like on the same path. You know what I mean? And it's all about, it's all about having fun, dude. It's about marketing and just living life, dude. Um, and I know for a fact that I have some people that 
I, I don't know, look at me negative or actually aren't my friend because I'm successful. Right. You know what I mean? Because they want to, they have that nine to five job and they have that drudge mentality where they clock in and clock out and go home and sit on the couch and, or couch potato. And I'm out there having fun and they resent that. But, it, but that was their decision. You know, everybody made It's a hundred percent their decision. You had a passion. You went for it. And it, it wasn't always pretty. Nope. And that's what they don't see. They just see the glitz and the glamour. Like somebody would look on Penn and tell him, like, dang, he, he won 200 dollars. But they don't know the blood, sweat, the tears, the nose. The... Bro, a, a magic trick? You know how easy to mess up a magic trick? Well, One and, wrong move and you're dead. And mine was flipping a coin 15 feet in the air with the lights in my eyes. You know, try to flip wow. a coin 30 times in the air and catch it every single time with lights shining in your eyes. What's the chance of failure there? Well, if, if you have friends that's, that's, that's mad at you or hating on you, shame on them and they're not your friends. No, no. exactly. 100%. Yeah. But I see it and it, it, it still makes me sad. I see it and it makes me sad. You know, you try, you try to share your experiences with them. You know, like um, I told a friend of mine the other day, I, yeah, I got this television show. Hey, guess what? Now we've signed, you know, I, I had them on the line and they had interest. I told them that. And they were like, uh-huh. Hey, we signed the paperwork now. We're going to be on television. You already told me. Daggone, that's not the reaction I was looking for. I was looking for a pat on the back or a hug. You know, I, both my parents are dead. I have my wife and my in-laws and that's, that's my family. So, you know, I'm reaching out to this friend and it's like, mm, that's not that's not what I was looking for, but all right, all right. Well, I guess I won't talk about you know good things in my life with you, you know. Yeah. Hey, hey, Wes. Sometimes friends are not. Um, uh, friends are not so much um, how long you know the person or how much you love the person. Friends are the people. That... Oh. We're losing you, dude. Uh-oh. You might have to call him back. <laughs> is this a comedy routine? What is this? What happened? No, 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 no. <laughs> the phone went dead and the refrigerator went off? Are you all right? I was trying to get some milk on top of the refrigerator. <laughs> I, lost, I lost connection. I'm used to that. Uh, no, but anyway, anyway, yeah. So, I mean, it's just, it's one of those things, man. I, I don't, I'm not trying to brag that I got a TV show. I'm trying to shout it from the rooftops that guess what? Hard work pays off and I finally got this, dude. I, we've been filming our reality show. You saw me that day in Mandalay Bay. We were filming. We were wow. filming for our reality show that we were putting out weekly on our own. And we were, had all intention of selling it eventually. So, you know. Well, it's not, it's not about bragging. It's about promoting. Promoting. I, I want to let people know to watch it. But, you know, and, and these people haven't seen all the hard times we've gone through, too, because there have been times where we had to learn things the hard way because apparently we're stubborn. <laughs> and we had to learn things, some of these things, the really hard way. And just now, but, you know, it's a good thing because now we know what to look for. And what not to do. So when those situations arise again, we're like, ah, you know what? Last time we did this way wrong. Let's take our time to make a decision and figure this out. And so, you know, people don't see all that. They just see us promoting the good things, which 
you know. Well, why, why, why would you promote? Uh, who, people love negative negativity more than positive. Oh like, we yes. Have days. We have bad days. Why would why would you jump on Facebook and be like West and uh, West and these two uh, twins in my stomach is getting on my nerves? Now, that's what people really want to hear. Yeah, tell us. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, girl. yeah, we don't put negative yeah. stuff on there because I don't want to see it and I don't want to relive it next year no. when it pops up my memories. Yeah. No. Yeah. Think about it. When negativity comes, what do you what do we do? We try to make it positive. Exactly. So people, it's not like. Um, it's not like you're living this fairy tale life where y'all don't run into obstacles and doing, you know what I'm saying? But it's like, why promote the negativity? Yes, you got to show people you're human, but that's why we're doing this podcast right. right now. So when people that's fans of you can go like, wow, he struggled to get there. Wow, this is how they met. Wow, she has to get the cereal on top of the refrigerator for him. <laughs> <laughs> she puts it on a lower shelf, buddy. You got to you gotta get your woman to put it on a lower shelf. Well, you know, it's it's a fair right. trade because anything I drop on the floor, I ask him to pick up for me. Uh-uh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, she just she just she just uh, rolls her eyes and just kind of nods her head at me like it's your turn. <laughs> you feel me? So, like uh, if you, if something falls under the couch, West, that's you. Yep, it's all his domain. He's closer. That's why we had kids, man. For the next ten years, I got my little girl to do that part. <laughs> He's like, no, I'm tired of going under the couch. <laughs> So. No, dude. Hey, but thank you so much for being on here today, man. We still got 20 more minutes. I'm thanking you because this has just been awesome. I'm having a blast, man. Um, actually, man, thank you. You actually made my day because um, y'all put a lot of things in perspective about um, a lot of things that I've been like kind of like going through like mentally about certain things. And, you know, you know how it is. We, we just opened up a comedy club. We just opened up a business. COVID is here. So, you get, you know, you get a little discouraged, you know, oh, and shows that. Bro, you just said I was booked for 183, and now I'm just looking at, like, I'm looking at my 30, 40 cities, like, okay, you know, you might think what you're going through is bad until somebody tell you what they're going through. Right. So, so we won Penn and Teller. We're on top of the world. Okay. And everybody's saying, everybody's saying that it's going to add zeros to your paycheck. Uh, you can now ask for money. Uh, it's going to it's gonna open you up to all these other nightclubs that you can do. And you just you just call them and tell them you want to be there, and you're on the bill. I mean, you, you don't have to ask for work anymore. You're going to get agents. You're going to get managers. All this stuff's going to come rolling in. And um, we come home for two days because uh, we filmed on the 4th, so we left like the 6th. Uh, as we're leaving Vegas, we got a, a text message saying all the buffets in Vegas just closed. We come home for two days. We go to Ohio to do a magic convention. And we get home on like the 15th of uh, March. And I'm officially unemployed. Wow. So, I mean, it's like, wow. you know, I've been doing this for, since 1996, man. And, you know, having, having months with, you know, one show or one show on a weekend, that's, that's rare. I mean, we're, we're doing 20-hour work days during the summer. We're going from show to show to show. Uh, we're... we're Wow. With the babies coming, we're looking to get an RV because we spend more time on the road than we do in our home. And we have a beautiful home. We have uh, really cool little hiking trails. We have five acres and hiking trails. It's awesome here. But, dude, I'd, I'd rather be on the road working. I love doing magic shows. So, so, comes, so comes the twins. Uh, yeah, pandemic babies, huh? No, dude, no. This was prior, man. <laughs> yeah, we had prior. we had this before we even went to Vegas. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, Natalie was pregnant. Natalie was pregnant during the filming. Yeah, I was okay. I was around like seven weeks, something like that. So it's just 
wasn't noticeable yet. But we didn't know. But we didn't know it was twins. We didn't find out it was twins till five months in. We're finding out the sex of the baby, and the nurse, wow. the nurse is scanning Natalie's belly, and she's like, "That's a femur bone. That's its backbone. That's its skull. That's its arm." And then I'm like, "Well, what's it holding? It looks like it's holding a ball." And the nurse says, "Uh." Uh, th- that's another baby. I'm not qualified for twins. And she pushes herself away from the computer and she leaves the room. And we're sitting there looking wow. at each other like, what? Uh, this is a joke, right? Yeah, they're going to come in and say, just kidding. And we say, you guys are awful. That wasn't funny. But they never did that. And there's two in there. <laughs> what you thought it was a, thought it was a magic trick? <laughs> nah. It was, right? Ah. Got you. They're magic on you. You yeah. thought you have one baby. Look at. Yeah, okay, no kidding. Dude, if that lady would have came in and said "psych," I, I might have been in jail. I, I might have. <laughs> that that was not cool. We were in we were, we were scared shock. to death. Oh my goodness, complete shock. That is, that is beautiful. But think about it. Would you would you literally push life to the limit and to the edge? What's life without a good story? You know what I mean? Yeah, right. yeah, I mean, and, that, and that's what it's that's what it's all about, dude. I mean, we've done some things in life. That's why we started filming our reality show. We worked the British Embassy, uh, where you know we're going there, and all these dignitaries from you know all these other places are there. Uh, we've done these millionaire parties where you know they're hiring people from Cirque du Soleil, uh, swinging from the chandeliers, and you know they're they're shipping in opera singers from over in uh, Europe to perform in someone's living room and I'm doing close-up magic or a, a show downstairs in their house. It's, it's amazing the things we see. It's, it's not a nine to five. It's not an average thing. It's, and we're loving every minute of it. Every day is different. So that's why we started filming our reality yeah. show to, to let people uh, a glimpse behind that curtain. Wow. That is so dope. Yeah. That is so dope. I'm a fan. I'm a, and then you, you said something about friends. Right? My bad. I'm just chiming in a little bit. You said something about friends earlier. You're building your own army. You won't need your friends. Your family is your friends. You got your own army. So you good. I got I got Benny Pitts in my corner now. I'm good. Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll be your token black friend. There you go. <laughs> that, that's one more, Natalie. I got one more. <laughs> hey, if you hey, <laughs> um, if you get one, if you get three black friends, you you will invite you to the NWATP award. Oh, nice, nice. <laughs> well, I. How many do I have? I have I have a couple. I have a couple. But really good black friends? That's a whole nother level. Yeah, you know, that is so funny. Y'all actually said, how many black friends do I have? <laughs> I have to like, count them. Okay, we got Benny now. So so when I was uh like two years ago. So here's here's my story. Here's my here's my racial black story here. Uh, when my mom and dad were married, my mom was 14 and my dad was 19. When they got married, they moved to a black neighborhood. That's all they could afford. And that neighbor, that neighborhood, it was just all, they were the only white people within blocks. And, um, it was just a low income neighborhood. And those people took care of my parents. And every Sunday growing up, we would go see my uncles. It was uncle this and uncle that and aunt this and aunt that. We'd have cookouts and... You know, and and the black people, you know, I went to funerals of these people that were my quote unquote uncles. And, you know, I was the only white person at the funeral crying my eyeballs out when Uncle Alfred died. And, you know, their cousins and and other people from, you know, St. Louis and stuff coming in town. Who's that white dude bawling over there? (laughs) But, uh, yeah, our story is a little different. Hey, can I I share one with you too? Yeah, man. Yeah, man. Um, um, So, my 
family grew up uh, 14 brothers and sisters, um, very religious background. Uh, parents didn't believe in, uh, you know what I'm saying, like, you know, just very religious. So when I left home, they didn't have nothing to do with me. I left home about 17, 18 years old. I moved to Atlanta, Georgia. And um, I had family up there, uncles and nephews, um, on nephews, uncles and aunts and everything. Really uh, like a, a rebel without a cause. You know what I'm saying? I, so I, I left my uncle's house uh, when I was like 19. I wanted to do my own thing. And I fell on hard times. I, I was homeless. So wow. I was sleeping in my car. At this time, I was doing CNA work at the hospital, and I was doing home health care, like taking care of the elderly, working in assisted living, just trying to find my way. And I was trying to get into radio and, and doing stand-up comedy. This is around the time where I started. Uh, so I was taking care of this elderly family, me and my older brother at the time. I was taking care of this elderly family. It was a white family, Jewish. And they took me and my brother in. He asked me, he said, yo, what do you want to do with your life? I said, I want to be a stand-up comedian. And I lived on and off with this Caucasian Jewish family for four to five years. They had a four-story house. We lived on a lake. Uh, they gave us the basement. Their basement is about three times bigger than the apartment I live right now. <laughs> wow. In Vegas. I went from being a struggling 19-year-old kid to living like the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. <laughs> wow. And at that point, it taught me a life lesson. Color doesn't mean anything. No. Your character, who you are, means everything. I don't believe in color. Yeah. I don't believe in, like, if you close your eyes, we close our eyes right now, we wouldn't even know uh, who, what color each other was. So they don't mean nothing. It's all jokes. It's all funny games. We poke at, comedy is we just poke at the truth. People make a big deal out of color, and it really doesn't mean anything. So that's my story, and to this day, that's, I call him Pop. That, that's, that's my dad, because he, he was my dad at a time where I didn't speak to my father. And, you know, he did everything. He bought me a car. He, they put me in a in a, a, a condo and bucket and it, and he supported my dreams and I wouldn't be here in Vegas today if it wasn't for him. Dude, that's awesome. And that he's is. still around? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He lives in Atlanta. Wow. Atlanta. Nice. Wow, that's awesome, dude. That's sweet. That's an awesome story, yeah. I like it. Yep. Yep. I like it too. Just the kindness of people. Maybe try different. Maybe try different. I was the only black kid at the bar <laughs> So what? What about uh, your brother? Your brother was with him at the time. Did he take care of your brother the same way, or? Yep, yep, the same way, the same way, um, the same way. My brother kind of fell off and started doing the, the uh, some wrong things. You know, he couldn't handle like the uh, the upper class lifestyle, so he started doing. Like my brother was just, you know. A little different. <laughs> well, I mean, that's the thing, man. Right. Some people, some people, you can, you can, yeah, you can do everything for them, and it, it just still won't work. That, that just, that happens. Yeah. 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 So it all, it all worked out. We, I love them to death. We still are in contact, and that's, that's my pops. So nobody can't take it. But I just said that to say, you know, it's a lot of things going on in the world with the uh, racism and black. I, 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 I understand and I, I get it, and but color. To me, doesn't mean anything. Yeah. Who you are as a person. Dude. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm telling you. So growing up for me, I was going to visit my aunts and uncles every weekend. And this was, I would go back to yeah. the old neighborhood and hang out. So I didn't understand yeah. race until it got brought up in our school when we were like in the fourth grade. And they started like dividing. And I'm like, well, no, I want you to sit at my table. You've already sat at my lunch table. And yeah. they started, they started yeah. segregating themselves. And you know, the rednecks started going here and the athletes started going there. And it's like, why are we yeah. doing this? We all were in school together and hung yeah, out. We divide, we divide each other, but it really doesn't. It all, 
it, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter at all. And I think growing up with 14, so I, I've seen the best of both worlds. I grew up with a whole bunch of siblings, and I grew and I, I didn't grow up, but they took me in in this household where I'm not used to it. Dude, I'm, we're living in, I'm living in, like, a country club. Right. I went from living in the hood to, like, a country club. Like, I'm the only young black man in this neighborhood. And it's just, you know, everybody's like, hey, and waving. And I'm just like, I'm not used to it. It just showed me a different type of life. It just showed me that people are people. Right. And that's just, that's just the way you cut it. Good or bad or ugly. People are people. Did you get weekly life lessons just like on Fresh Prince? Did he set you down on the couch? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We had our moments. didn't have a dinner table big enough. Absolutely, yeah. Well, dude, name your name your nightclub one more time, and is there a website? Uh, yes, it is uh, extremecomedy.com, Extreme with an X. Um, shout out to my I, I got to do this to my business partner Billy Bob Jackson. He's a motivational speaker. Uh, he's he's, he's uh, he has his own management company. I have to shout him out. He is the owner. I'm his partner. Um, man, I wouldn't be doing what I'm doing right now in Vegas if it wasn't for him. Uh, he saw me working with the nightclubs and doing comedy, and he was like, "Yo, I want to partner up with you. Let's open up a club." And boom, that's where it happened. ExtremeComedyClub.com. Uh, um, we have some big shows headed up. We got some big things going on in 2021. I got my own podcast as well called Being Vinny. So I'm gonna do uh, like a live studio audience. We're doing that. We, we're about to start taping in 2021. I would love for you to be a guest on there, and uh, it's gonna be fun, man. Absolutely, nice. absolutely. All right, dude. Thank you so much. Don't hang up. We're going to talk to you after the podcast. But uh, thank you so much, dude. You are awesome. And we got to do this again. I had other notes here to talk to you about your Instagram. I love your Instagram. I love your stuff. Just talk business and talk uh, marketing and other stuff like that for my other entertainer friends that are listening. We'll have to do another podcast sometime uh, just about that kind of stuff, man. But uh, thanks for everything, dude. Awesome, man. I'm here. All right. I want to thank you and your wife, Natalie. Did I say that right, Natalie? Yeah. <laughs> He's having trouble. <laughs> he must have fallen off the fridge again. Yeah. Anyway, right. <laughs> he fell off his step stool. Um, tonight on Jewel TV, our show debuts at 7 p.m. on Roku, Apple TV, Amazon Fire, Jewel TV app, and tons of other places. Our television show, Wes Isley's Magic Life, is going to be in a, over 100 million households tonight. 
Guys, please check it out. Take a selfie of yourself watching the show. Send us a picture of it. Uh, I'll pick somebody as a, uh, a winner, and I'll send you a free gift. And if you liked our podcast, uh, let people know about it. Share it. Thank you for Benny. Thank you for everything. And uh, yeah, thank you. See, see you, you next week. week. Check us out online at wesisley.com and patreon.com forward slash Wes underscore Isley for behind the scene videos, blooper videos, never before seen footage, discounts on merchandise, magic trick tutorials, and more. That's Wes Isley spelled W-E-S-I-S-E-L-I. -S -E